0: Now, it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, our church around the world celebrates the third Sunday of Advent. Now, traditionally, this has always been called Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete is Latin for rejoice, and it's an imperative, it's a verb. The church is telling us we must rejoice because we are halfway through Advent and Advent is a season in which we must be joyful, joyfully awaiting the celebration of the birthday of our Savior. That's why at Mass, we light the pink candle amongst the other two purple candles in the Advent wreath. A gentle reminder telling us that this is a joyful season, so we must always be joyful as Christians. Now, if you look at the readings for this weekend, what I want to focus on is the second reading from St. James. We don't really often hear from St. James, and when we do, we should take the opportunity to truly listen to him. Now, the message of St. James' letter in the second reading is challenging, but necessary for us during the season of Advent, a season of waiting, hoping, celebrating the arrival of Jesus Christ in his birth. Now. James's message, very simple, be patient. He says, be patient, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. Now, for many of us, this is somewhat of a difficult thing for us to do. For many of us, patience is a difficult virtue for us to live by. We are a people in this country that hate to wait. You know, we want to get things done. Whatever it is, whatever it is we have to accomplish, we want to get it done now, rather than later. In our country, we are a people that prides itself on getting things done, and done right away, rather than waiting. Great example of this, traffic jams. Now, if you live in a large urban city, you're going to face a traffic jam, you know, rush hour. Now, you know where you want to go, but you can't get there because of all the congestion of the cars. And therefore, it becomes very frustrating. What adds to the level of frustration is when we see our destination, Maybe a half mile down the road, we see the building in which we have our appointment or a meeting. And we see it and we just can't get to it. We can't move just because of the traffic jam. And so waiting in this traffic jam becomes a great source of annoyance for us. Another great example, you make an appointment to see your doctor. You arrive at that appointment on time. And yet what happens? They make you wait. More importantly, they make you wait in a waiting room. How appropriate that they term this room to what you actually do. You sit there and wait for your doctor. Well, you wait for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes. Finally, the nurse comes, and she escorts you into an examining room. And guess what? You wait again. 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes. Finally, your physician enters the room, and then he's perplexed. He can't understand why your blood pressure is rocketing through the roof. And so, we are people that do not like to wait. Now, I would say, over the past two to three decades, our culture has conditioned us not to wait. In fact, we hate waiting. Patience is a difficult virtue for us to practice. You know, there's that old axiom, you know, I don't have time to wait for this. Great example of this, drive through window. You know, 20, 25 years ago, it was just a novelty. You saw it once, and then maybe a couple miles down the road, you saw it again. Now you see drive through windows all over the place. You know, you can pull up to a drive through window, and you can pick up your laundry. You can get your prescriptions filled. You can do your banking, and you can receive food, and then drive on to the next thing. The drive through window is a great example of how our culture doesn't want us to wait. We must have things immediately. Just look at our news. Our news is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if you don't watch TV, you can get on the internet. And so we are a people that are used to not waiting for things. We are conditioned that way. F. Scott Fitzgerald once said, the three worst things in life, lying in bed and not being able to sleep, trying to please someone but not being able to, and finally, waiting for someone, and they never arrive. Well, I think that's a great segue into the second reading from James. Again, he says, Be patient, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. Well, we have to understand Christianity is a religion of fulfillment. Christ enters our world, and through his death and resurrection, he brings salvation to the entire world. Therefore, that has fulfilled all of our hopes and dreams. But what James is also reminding us, what is true to our faith, Christianity is a religion that requires a sense of waiting. Waiting to see Christ in our daily lives. Waiting for our prayers to be answered. Waiting for God to give us grace to be a living disciple in this world. Notice at Mass, after the homily, we stand up and we recite the Nicene Creed. The very end of the creed, it says what? We look forward to the resurrection of the dead. And the life of the world to come, heaven. And so we wait for that time in which we will receive heaven. And so James is telling us patience is required for us in the faith life. It is a virtue. Unfortunately, it's a virtue that's difficult for us to practice. I would argue patience is the most basic element to our faith. James gives us this great analogy. About a farmer who patiently waits for the seed to grow after he planted it. You know, when will it grow? Well, according to the seed's timetable. How will it grow? Well, according to the seed's interaction with rain as well as the nutrients of the soil. What's required? The farmer has to be patient. G.K. Chesterton once said, All things in life worthwhile, all things in life that are great and beautiful, require patience. Great example. A man and a woman meet for the first time. There's mutual attraction. Now, they don't go off and get married right away. No. Instead, they start dating, don't they? And they date for months and months, maybe even years. During this entire time, they patiently wait you know, to share each other's ideas, their thoughts, their feelings, their opinions. If everything goes well, then they begin courtship. They start to seriously talk about a life together children, where to live. Now, this takes a period of months or even years. If everything goes well, then they commit to each other. If they truly have love, then they are prepared to get married. Well, now they come to me and I tell them it'll take five to six months to prepare them for a marriage. Now, during this entire time, they're patiently waiting, waiting for the relationship to be nurtured and to grow and develop. And then after a certain time, now they are prepared for a life together. Another great example. Look at a woman who has just conceived. She's pregnant. Now she has to wait for the child to be born. Even though she, as well as the rest of the family, are excited for this child to enter into this world, they have to wait. For approximately nine months, that child has to develop and grow in the womb of its mother. When will the child be born? Well, according to the baby's timetable, how will it happen according to God's will and God's grace? What's expected of the family? They have to patiently wait. See, this is the message that James is teaching us. In the spiritual life, spiritual maturity cannot come overnight. Instead, we must patiently wait for God to develop the life that we share with him. When will it happen according to God's timetable? How will it happen according to God's will? What's required of us? Be patient. Now go back to James. He says, Take an example of hardship and patience, the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Great example of this, John the Baptist. We saw him come onto the scene last week. After he was raised by Zechariah and Elizabeth, he fled into the desert to live. Now he immediately did not start preaching about Jesus. And he immediately did not start preparing the way for Christ to come into this world. Not at all. He lived in the desert for many, many years. He was quiet. He lived a very obscure and austere life. Nobody knew who he was. Nobody heard from him. During that time, he patiently waited. And then at the appropriate time, then he began to preach. Then he began to prepare the way of the Lord. See, James is using that as a great example for us in the spiritual life. Notice, James continues. He says, "See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient with it, until it receives the early and late rains. You too must be patient." Well James is essentially taking the spiritual life, and he's liking it to the cultivation of a seed. The seed has been planted in us. At the time of our baptism, the seed of faith was planted in our heart, our mind, in our soul. So what must we do? Patiently wait for God to cultivate and nurture that seed through our entire life. And in doing so, we gradually grow into the image and likeness we are all created in. When will it happen? According to God's timetable. How will it happen? According to God's will and grace. Therefore, we must be patient. Notice the small detail, but very powerful, in which James talks about the early and the late rains that the farmer depends upon in order for the seed to grow. Well, what are the early rains? Well, spring rains, right? Spring rains, they cleanse and refresh the earth. And after a few spring rains, nature comes alive, doesn't it? The plants and the flowers begin to bud. The trees come alive and they begin to blossom with leaves. And yet, what are the late rains? Well, the late rains are those cold, driving October and November rains, but notice the father needs both of them in order for the seed to grow. The symbolism here, the early rains represent spring, life, represents the joys and the successes that we experience in life. Well, during those happy times, the seed of faith grows, but also notice too, the late rains, they symbolize what? Hardships, challenges, sorrows, Struggles and they define our character. How we persevere through those challenges and struggles define who we are. And yet, we also need those in order for the seed of faith to grow. Just like the farmer needs both of these rains, so too do we. And that's the message that James is trying to teach us. Whether in the success or in the struggles of life, whether in the joys or the sorrows of life, the seed of faith is always growing never stops. Despite what's going on in our life, the seed of faith continues to grow. What's required of us? Patience. Therefore, what we must be during the season of Advent and every day of our life, patient. We must be a people waiting, waiting for Christ to continue to develop that seed of faith throughout our entire life. When will it happen? According to God's How will it happen according to God's will and God's grace? What's required of us? Simply be patient and trust that God continues to grow the seed that was planted in us at the time of our baptism. Regardless of the struggles or the joys that we may be experiencing in our life, that seed continues to grow always. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest in you always.